Welcome back to Podcast Radio. I'm Andy. I'm Joe. And we had a few things. I guess we can just call this like cutting room floor stuff. We did never... Maybe stories and stuff we talked about, but we just never talked about them. It's like, well, let's... Might as well throw them in at the end of the year, because this time of the year is busy anyways. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're saying yes to everything. I'm rejecting everything, so... <laughs> it's a good balance. Yeah. It's, it's a, a yin and yang. Yeah, it's a deadlock and anything we decide, but... So this one was funny because it's a, it's a Christmas one. So the headline, and this ran in a newspaper, Girl Asks Police to Run DNA Test on Christmas Cookie for Evidence of Santa Claus. So I'll try to read her her letter because they actually printed it out. Oh, nice. Okay. And it was like, Dear Cumberland Police Department, I took a sample of a cookie and carrots that I left for Santa and the reindeer on Christmas Eve and was wondering if you could take a sample of DNA and see if Santa is real. So it's hilarious. Not only did she take them, but she's watched enough like CSI shows. Yeah. She bagged them like this bagged and she tagged them <laughs> like she works in a property room or something. So the police department was like, oh, this is great. They did like immediate press release for this. Nice. So a local police department in Rhode Island has received an unusual query running a DNA test on evidence to prove the existence of Santa Claus. The authorities in Cumberland, north of Providence, received a handwritten letter from a young girl earlier this month, according to a press release on Friday. The young girl asked the police to run a DNA test on a partially eaten cookie and carrot remains presumably consumed by Santa Claus and some of his nine reindeer on Christmas Eve. The food remains were forwarded to the state Department of Health Forensic Sciences Unit for analysis, police say. This young lady obviously has a keen sense for truth and the investigative process and did a tremendous job packaging her evidence for submission. Cumberland Police Chief Matthew Benson said in the release, we will do our very best to provide answers for her. The Cumberland Police Department responded to the young girl with some already uncovered evidence in support of Santa Claus presence in her neighborhood on Christmas Eve, a photo of what appeared to be a deer with antlers. The Cumberland Police Department said it is awaiting test results and asked residents to stay tuned for more information. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I wanted to print out the pictures of the uh, of the evidence, but dude, it's like hilarious. Like she took some time has her own CSI kit or something. So was the cookie bitten? Oh, yeah. Okay, so what if it wasn't like mom or dad DNA? Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> it oh. comes back to a, I don't know. Unknown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown primate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> has some hairs in it. <laughs> okay, so we did our uh, extra, extra as an episode because that was fun you know yeah that was cool with the I like that washington redskins so um they'll always be redskins to me oh yeah i, I still call them the Redskins. i refuse to say the other one it's stupid yeah the other one is offensive it is okay it is and i'm a cowboys fan just to know we have a rivalry 
I'm not going to call it the whatever in Redskins game It's mm-hmm. or the Cowboys game. I'm going to say Redskins and Cowboys. Oh, yeah. That's Cowboys just, and Indians. It's always been that way. Yeah, exactly. So because of that, uh, I always had this article, and it was on the Cleveland Indians. You, you know any history on why they're called that? Or I don't. Okay. So they're named after uh, the first Native American baseball player, in the major leagues, Lewis Sock Alexis. Man, that dude looks like my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll read a little bit about him. And um, you can see that when these teams were named, um, it was done in honor of a Native American. You know, imagine rooting for a team and you hate your the name of your team. Yeah, the Cleveland Indians. You know, I'd be like, uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't even make any sense. It's like you have a love for them and a respect for them, right? For your town and your mascot. So, changing the name is so stupid. Like, I don't, I don't call them the Cleveland, whatever anymore either. They're called the Cleveland Indians. What are they? What did they change it to? Something else? The Guardians. That's stupid. Yeah. Okay, but I, to be fair, I know you're a fan of the Browns. I don't know. What's a Brown? A Brown is, so, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going in the rabbit trail, stop me. We can do this for another topic. So two things. Uh, 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 you know, you could actually do three if you really wanted to stretch it, even though they're not named after Jim Brown, but he's considered the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. And he he was a running back for the Cleveland Browns, but they're not named after him. So the guy that uh, started and coached the Cleveland Browns when they were inaugurated, he, uh, I forget what his name is, but his last name is Brown. And then whenever he got um, fired or moved out, then he went to Cincinnati and started the Cincinnati Bengals. Really? Yeah, so big rivalry there. But then also their mascot is a brownie. You know, the little elf? You've oh. seen that, right? Yes. Okay, yes. that's okay. like a mythical creature. Or is it, you know? Uh, or yeah. is it? Yeah. Dun, For real. Dun, there dun. was there was really small Indian tribes and stuff that were real scary and killed people. Yes. Yeah, Lewis and Clark, you know, had, tell stories about them. So the brownie, it could could have been named after the, guy, the old coach whose last name is Brown. Okay. It could be the Brownie, you know, mascot, or it could, you could even say Jim Brown, you know, you know we were named after the greatest running back in the NFL. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Take your pick. Okay. Whatever. Okay. All right. Sorry to take you off the deal there, but I just need a clarification. Or there's a fourth one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not as, um, not as good. Oh, okay. We'll take the Browns to Super Bowl. Oh, that one. Gotcha. <laughs> I get it. So now, Louis Saka Alexis, a member of the Penobicoast Indian tribe of Maine, played in only 94 major league games, but is remembered today as the first Native American uh, recognized minority to perform in the National Baseball League. He was signed by the Cleveland Spiders in 1897, 50 years before Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Sock Alexis, like Robinson, a multi-talented athlete who excelled in football, track, as well as baseball, appeared destined for stardom, but alcoholism derailed his promising career. He, however, is responsible for the nickname Indians as applied to the present American League 
team in Cleveland at huh. that time because they changed it since. But um, so a little bit about him in December of 1896, Sock Alexis left Holy Cross uh, School and enrolled at Notre Dame University in South Bend, Indiana. He stayed there for only a few months. In March of the following year, he was expelled from college after a drunken row at a local tavern. Um, he then signed a contract with the Cleveland Spiders. He, he said he was 23 and he was actually 25. So I don't know if back then that was a big deal or, you know, so he lied about his age by a couple of years. Still, he beat out everybody and ended up being their starting right field um, guy. But I wonder, I mean, if I, I could see if he said 18 and he was 16. Or yeah. Not, but that's a I was like 20, you're 25 and you say you're 23. I was like, that's kind of funny. He identified as 23. Yeah. He identified as 20. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, by the end of the month, um, the Spiders' nickname was forgotten and the Cleveland Club became the Indians. So back then, I guess a lot of the announcers, you know, that yeah. um, called the games were the ones that had a big, um, a big uh, reason as to why a team is called a team, you know. So he was like basically, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. So you could have been a team in Milwaukee, and they the announcers could start calling you something. It just catches on, you know. And that's how they would start the whole. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they were called the Cleveland Spiders, and Sock Alexis was such like a draw because people are like, "What an Indian! I never seen one of those," <laughs> you know. And they would come and watch him, and they do drew a lot of. A big crowd, but he was also an awesome player. He's the best player on the field. So they would start going, here comes Doc Alexis and all his Indians. Ah. And that's how I, he it ended up catching on. So even in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, it stated the Indians have a spring schedule, which is bound to give them good hard work. So even the newspaper caught on. It was like, so, and that's where they got their name. So they might have been the Cleveland Spiders, uh, in their name, I don't know if they sold mer a lot of merchandise back in those days. Yeah, but everybody was—they were known as the Cleveland Indians. Oh, that's cool. Turn of the century. Yeah. So uh, when they played their first inner inner squad game on April second, uh, the manager divided the team into the Indians and the Papooses. So like the first <laughs> yeah. team and then the yeah. second team. That's so cool. Yeah. And Sock Alexis hitting cleanup for the Indians, drilled three hits, scored three runs, threw a runner out at the plate from deep right field. He kept up his fine hitting and outfield play and eventually claiming the starting right field spot for the newly christened Indians. So uh, Cleveland, Cleveland American League team – which began to play in 1900 had been called the Naps even before that in honor of a manager, Napoleon Lahoney. But when Lahoney left the team in 1914 season, a new nickname was in order. So officially in January, 1915, the owner, after consulting several local newspaper sports writers decided to receive or revive the name that had defined the city's National League Club 18 years before. And that's when they named them um, the Cleveland Indians. Huh, okay. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not a baseball fan. Right. I'm but. not really like, when I watch baseball games, I ask my wife, uh, why, 
she knows baseball. Oh, really? Her brother was um, a baseball player. She's been to a million games. He tried out for like the Dodgers or something. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. I mean, I mean, so he was definitely above average, you know, and he ended up not going. I think he had some other uh, farm teams from pro teams reach out and he just decided, yeah, I don't want to do that. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't understand baseball like I do football. So she's the one that tells me why this happens. Oh, okay. You know, so I just know, I like the Cleveland Indians. And then uh, why that happen? She'll, she'll explain it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think I'd like baseball more if it wasn't so long. Oh man, you gotta, have you ever been to a game? We tried once. Uh, a minor league game no, thing no, no. here, not like a big professional no. one. And it was like, oh. if you ever go to Arizona during uh, spring training, just buy a ticket for one game, and it's nice. I mean, the stadiums—they're like miniature versions of the real stadiums. Okay. So, like Arizona has uh, Scottsdale area uh-huh. has tons of stadiums, like uh, Chicago's Chicago Cubs Stadium. It's a miniature version of Wrigley Field. Okay. And then they'll serve the food some of the food that they serve there and stuff. It's real fun. And especially if you get like those uh, fans. Yeah. We've been to Chicago uh, or we went to the Wrigley Field one so we could watch the Cubs play. And um, those Cubs fan, dude. Crazy. uh, They must have flew from Chicago there. You know, belligerent. It was great. They were right behind us. (laughs) Yeah, you zombie. Come on, get out. You know, it doesn't even count. The game doesn't count, but they are they are who they are. And I'm like, this is the best. Like, they're part of the show. Yeah, yeah. As okay. well, you know? Well, see, I'm not a fan of baseball. It's weird, but I love baseball movies. Oh, yeah. Those are entertaining. Yeah, of all the sports, that's the best movie, isn't it? Yeah, they're just kind of cool. But, you know, like, even with, uh, with the whole baseball thing, it's just, you know, just sit there. I mean, they stand there. They that's look why, around. That's why they serve beer. And they just, and they, wah, bah, mm-hmm. hey. Oh, and then 45 minutes later, throws a second one. Then you go, like, another ah. beer over here. Click, 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 another beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, then you're part of the Chicago group. There you go. <laughs> Any Chicago listeners, there you go. Now's your chance to give us your side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll agree. They'll yeah, agree. Yeah, I hope it's a voice bite. That they send <laughs> oh, yeah. In. <laughs> Not just a text. They send in the. Yeah, they got that. They got that accent, you know. But it. But that they made, sound pretty southern. I mean, like the that it, that made that game even the most fun. Was, oh, I bet. was having these. I mean, direct. They were in the seat directly behind us, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the best. <clears throat> it is the best." And then, so if you ever get an opportunity, you know, any game in Scottsdale when they do the spring training. Is worth going to. Okay, so see, we didn't go to a major league game. We went to something local, and uh, it was my dad and my brother and myself. We went, and uh, we were there maybe the first inning, second inning. And then you're like, let's leave. Let's go get tacos. Yeah. So we went down the street, got tacos, and just hung out there because we were all looking at each other like, None of us are really into this, and this is you don't know what's going on. I mean, I understand the game, the concept, everything else, but it's just not. My thing. Yeah, it's not high pay. It's not like football. Yeah, or but, even basketball. But I would rather watch football on TV and baseball in person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, I recently just went to my first professional uh, sports game 
and it was awesome. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> you sound like the Big Bang guys. I went to my first professional <laughs> sports game, and we watched watch them make the scoreboard. <laughs> and we won. <laughs> we won. We, we cheered. <laughs> my first sports game. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get labeled because it was a football game. Oh, so okay. I didn't want to go baseball or anything like that. And, so I, I said, and they scored a run. Yeah, well, a lot of runs. Right through the goalpost. A lot of goalies, yeah. <laughs> a lot of home runs that day. Yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> we got great seats. It was awesome. It was awesome. But uh, I, it, the hype, and I could see what you're saying because the hype around it being there was fun. Oh, yeah. I just didn't know how quiet it was. When nothing's happening, you can hear them on the field talking. Oh, for football? Yeah, it was like. Who, who was it? It was the Cowboys against the Rams. Oh, okay. And I was just like, I Shh, they're talking. Yeah, <laughs> they're in the huddle. But then the thing comes out, makes some noise, and the crowd go crazy and do their thing. But it was, it was very, it was very exciting. But there was times where it get real quiet. Like I didn't in TV, you just hear the constant. Yeah. <sighs> no, it's not doing. Did they that. stand up the whole time? No. Oh, see, I, that's why. That's one no. thing. If I went to a, a a football game, I was like, I don't want to stand up because it seems like they're always standing up. I'm like, put me on the front row because I don't. Yeah, um, no. Well, the seats we had were on the edge. So even if they just stood up, we could still. See. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because I've been to concerts where the person in front of you stands up. You're forced to stand up. Yeah. So you're just like, dude, I'm paying to watch him stand up. I don't want to stand. It's up. like standing ovations. Like, uh, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't yeah. ever come to one of my shows. <laughs> I'll feel bad. No, everyone, you don't sit down, Andy. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> just put me on the front row, and I'll just feel it. Turn around and go, whatever. Another beer. Another beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. Well, I, I've got. I'm gonna have to go watch a baseball game one day. Just, yeah. And, there's a timer now. I heard. There's oh a timer. yeah. And uh, watching it on TV is more enjoyable now because of that. They got that pitching counter now. I like it way better. Yeah. Because you know they'd be like, okay, I got to do my, uh, you know, two wrist. Uh, turns and uh, chicken wing my leg and yeah do why it. does baseball have so many traditions uh, yeah so i don't know pull my sock up 14 times okay now i'm ready oh wait hold okay i gotta do it all over again that's weird it's like tourettes or something <laughs> what the well oh, oh, you got okay strike that strike do it again i did it again <laughs> for a lot of innings yeah i know oh. yeah it's way better with that okay okay so. i have to i have to maybe go one day i just can't make myself do it well Yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're ever in Arizona, do it. Do it there because you're in the nice hot sun. You got a beautiful stadium. You got, um, if you can get a, a seat with a, a shade spot, it's even better. Uh, even one year, all the tickets they had was tables. So me, Christy, and Chris got a table and it was a little circle table just for us. Really? And I was like, yeah, I'll pay up for that. Paid up for that. We ate our food there. You know, it was terrific. Really? America's pastime. Huh. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be back uh, in January. Um, I'm not sure where I'll position this episode in the month, but it'll be towards the end. And then when we come back, we are going to have a guest, right? My, maybe not oh, first episode, but yeah. we're going to have one, and it is good. It's real good. And we got some other subjects planned that we want to talk about, and, and uh, you're going to listen. 
No, anyways. <laughs> keep sending your stuff in, though. Yeah. Yeah, keep, keep sending your ideas in. We want to hear them. Yeah, keep sending in your requests, your ideas, because it does help us. You know, uh, some weeks when we're not able to uh, uh, do as much uh, reading and stuff that we want to, or, hey, let's pull this off, uh, we do use some of your ideas for uh, for episodes. So uh, send those into podcast13 at com. Continue to share and like our uh, podcast. And, uh if you can share a extra episode this month, cause we're trying to collect another 200 uh, downloads just to uh, break into the next strata of podcasting. So. Yeah. Where are we at now? As far as downloads? Yeah. We're closing in on a thousand. Man, that's awesome. I can't believe people listen. Yeah. So thank y'all. And uh, we'll get them. Uh, I'll talk to you on there, but there's, we're in New York and a bunch of other places. Of New York. <laughs> Thank you, New York, for listening. Yeah, I recently went there. Loved it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next year. 